the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you survive. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies. Strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning this beautiful Saturday morning. The sun is shining. It's a little crisp out there, but uh, that's just to get us going. There's no doubt that that fall weather has arrived in northeast Ohio. The highs are in the 50s and 60s, and the lows this week will be in the high 30s. There isn't a lot of difference between high 30s and 32 degrees, though. So we may be seeing ice on the windshields uh, soon. You know, it only takes that one little one day where the clear skies and you'll wake up and go to the car and there's the ice. So that's just a wake-up call. But temperatures in the 60s are good working weather, and uh, uh, it'll help us get the heavy out, outside uh, jobs done. And one of the uh, lesser outside jobs is raking up the leaves, which has started already, and... Uh, it's an easy task now, but wait till after some heavy rains and the leaves will come down like an avalanche. After that, leaf raking will be our main exercise program for several weekends. But even then, we'll be outside enjoying the gardens and the fall foliage and also developing our shoulder muscles and maybe even planning to review our investments. This week, global equities were mostly mixed with the U.S. and Europe up, and Asia down except for China. 
yesterday there was a big surprise when it was announced that President Trump and his wife were diagnosed with COVID-19. Neither were in any immediate danger. They were only experiencing slight symptoms. But as a precaution, the president went up to the uh, Walter Reed Hospital in D.C. for treatment. There is uh, increased concern about the president because he's uh, 74, but a lot of 74-year-olds uh, have uh, had uh, COVID and recovered nicely. And the doctors have started on uh, remdesivir, and that's some sort of a treatment, and he is resting comfortably. And this is basically an object lesson for all of us. You know, remember in uh, March and uh, February and March when the, the thing was pounded into us that uh, wash your hands, wear your masks, uh, uh, keep social, keep away from people, social distancing. And basically for the older people, for the seniors, shelter in place. And uh, uh, is, is a why all these things are are good ground rules, and uh, just because we've been at this since February, uh, it's a long time, and we tend to leave our guard down after a while, but uh, this is just an object lesson, and hey, uh, it can strike anywhere at any time, so you got to keep your guard up and and uh, do the things that are necessary to protect you and your family. Uh, in the, uh, the news, did impact the equities markets yesterday, with moderate volatility, but the equity indices uh, registered positive progress for the week. In the global uh, economies, the uh, economic focus, the economic fiscal stimulus for all the major economies like the U.S., the Eurozone, Japan, China, uh, these stimuluses totaled trillions of dollars, and uh, uh, as well as a monetary stimulus. Uh, from the central banks that are pushing the interest rates down to zero, all of these uh, stimuli, stimuli, stimulus, has caused the uh, various uh, economies to rebound after the COVID uh, shutdown. The rebound has been powerful in the, uh, the latter half of the second quarter and also in the third quarter, but the recovery is beginning to lose some of its steam, some of its momentum. Uh, the U.S. Econo economy continues to recover with good progress with uh, residential construction and uh, home buying, residential construction. Resi new home sales were up uh, 5% in August, and uh, they were 43% above August of 2019. So they're, they're basically on fire in terms of new construction and new home sales. Home buying and is also on fire in the sense that it was up 2.5% in August, uh, and the prior month it was up close to 25%. So manufacturing is also experiencing a robust recovery, but they're still seven, approximately 7 probably 7 to 10% shy of the levels of uh, February before the coronavirus. The stimulus package has worked so far, but the rebound is losing its momentum and uh, could be helped by another stimulus. There's a lot of arguments, both pro and con, with the stimulus as to whether we really need more stimulus at this particular time because there's a lot of money floating around in the uh, uh, system right now. 
and uh, but it would certainly help in terms of uh, you know the confidence and uh, picking up the pace. For example, let's look at the employment picture. Uh, yesterday, the Department of Labor reported in their employment situation report that the U.S. hiring gains slowed to 661,000 in September, suggesting labor market improvements from the coronavirus downturn were moderating. The unemployment rate fell to 7.9%. It had been 8.4% in the previous month, and it was, I think it was 15% sometime in uh, April or, or uh, yes, either February or April or March. So uh, for context, give you some idea of what's been going on there in the previous months, for instance, the uh, this month, we registered, uh, for September, we registered uh, 661,000 jobs. In uh, August, uh, we registered 1,489,000. In July, we, we registered 1,761,000. And in June, uh, we registered 479,100 uh, went back to work. So... Uh, the trend is not uh, the trend is not our friend here. <laughs> In a sense, that June we were looking at 4.8 million uh, added to the payroll. In July we were looking at 1.8 million. In August we were looking at 1.5, and now we're looking at uh, uh, 661,000. So the the results uh, show that the recovery has now uh, the economy has now recovered. 11.4 million of the 22 million jobs that were lost in March, in uh, April, and April at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, job growth, though, is cooling, and September marked the first month since April that the net uh, hiring was below uh, 1 million. Uh, the, in addition, other economic readings, such as consumer spending, and manufacturing output show the recovery is continuing, but at a slower pace. A late summer drop in household income is an additional factor weighing on the recovery. So uh, according to the article in the Wall Street Journal, uh, it's a turning it's turning into a, uh, a seesaw labor market where one employer brings back workers while another one furloughs workers. So, Employers continue to bring back workers, and the labor market has regained jobs faster than many economists projected, but some factors are hindering economic momentum. For one, the initial hiring rebound from business reopenings is uh, easing as states lift restrictions at a slower pace than earlier in the summer. Uh, further layoffs and the resulting claims for unemployment compensation have remained elevated compared with uh, pre-pandemic peaks, although they are down from the highs reached earlier in the crisis. And you're also seeing uh, large uh, corporate layoffs that are sweeping across the U.S. For instance, Walt Disney uh, this week announced permanent layoffs for the 28,000 uh, theme park workers who were previously on temporary, so they had these uh, Walt Disney people had been included in the layoff number, but now it was just uh, their furlough is no longer temporary; it's a real layoff, and uh, not included 
are the airlines, for instance, like American Airlines and United Airlines, uh, they'll proceed now uh, with a total of more than 32,000 job cuts on uh, Thursday after lawmakers were unable to agree upon this broad uh, coronavirus package. And these layoffs uh, uh, reflected are not reflected in the employment data yet. Uh, later in the show, we'll basically talk about the details of the uh, the employment report and uh, where the jobs are that are uh, coming back, what industries they're in, things of this nature, and basically <clears throat> how many jobs we need in those particular industries to get back to where we were in February. The idea being that uh, it'll probably take a, a, a fairly long time to get back where we were in February. I think uh, right now we're uh, seeing around uh, 12 million uh, people on continuing unemployment from week to week, and uh, that number's come down from 18 million uh, about two months ago. But uh, it'll probably, the numbers will probably uh, come down another five million, but there'll still be maybe like uh, six or five or six million people uh, still unemployed come the uh, end of the year. So uh, those are big numbers, and, and give them some context. Context um, that continuing unemployment number in a good uh, economy generally runs about one and a half million rather than twelve million. So. Uh, Anyway, let's go on to um, the unemployment benefits. Well, what we see in the uh, the economy still has a problem with the unemployment picture. Every week, more people go back to work, and during the same week, almost an equal number of people get laid off. And the result is that the number of unemployed is uh, uh, stalled at a fairly high level. New applications for, according to the Wall Street Journal here, New applications for unemployment benefits in the U.S. fell slightly last week, but remained above 800,000 for the fifth straight week, reflecting a labor market recovery that is losing some momentum. Uh, The Labor Department, in their uh, unemployment insurance weekly claims that comes out every week, uh, reported that weekly initial claims for jobless benefits fell by 36,000 to a seasonably adjusted 837,000 requests for applications for unemployment benefits in the week ending September 26. The number of people collecting continuing uh, unemployment benefits, these are from week to week, uh, through regular state programs, which cover most workers, decreased by 980,000. Uh, to about 11.8 million for the week ending September 19th. Uh, that was uh, that number. Give that context some context. I think that number was 12.8 million uh, last uh, week. So we might basically have close to 12 million people on unemployment, continuing unemployment week to week, and that number should be for like a real good economy should be around one and a half million. Now, the level of uh, uh, the Wall Street, I think this is uh, Bloomberg, 
the level of new claims shows layoffs remain persistent in some industries, airlines, cruise lines, restaurants, chains, theme parks, and manufacturers among the employees recently announcing layoffs. The uh, U.S. airlines are starting to lay off more than 30,000 workers since they got, uh, uh, until, unless they get additional federal aid. In addition, major companies announced tens of thousands of job cuts this week, including Allstate and uh, Royal Dutch Shell. So, uh, just to give you an idea of, you know, the the airlines are saying that they're going to lay off, I think, 35. 32,000 uh, unless they get some sort of a uh, help. They did get $25 uh, uh, billion worth of help in the first CARES uh, relief program. I don't know what they want in the next one, but uh, uh, let's talk about where the stimulus package is now. In other words, uh, backing up a little bit, the CARES uh, point, CARES bill at the coronavirus something uh, relief bill uh, that was passed in the end of uh, March, and that basically had uh, $2.5 trillion for the uh, $1,200 checks to people and the $600 per week uh, addition to the unemployment benefits and the uh, money for the payroll protection plan, where an employer could borrow money from the Small Business Administration, and uh, the loan would be extinguished as long as that money was used to pay employees, pay the pay the uh, uh, utilities, and to uh, pay the rent. So uh, that program, those programs, have ended now, and. Uh, what you're looking at now is discussions that have been going on since July about the second stimulus bill. And uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, Mrs. Pelosi and uh, Mr. Mnuchin, uh, that's the head of the uh, Speaker of the House and uh, U.S. Uh, Secretary of the Treasury, spoke multiple times on Thursday. Uh, Mrs. Pelosi said that Pelosi said that uh, Thursday evening she was going to review the documents from Mr. Mnuchin, uh, but no deal was likely Thursday evening. So uh, they passed, the House of Representatives passed a legislation for uh, $2.5 trillion, no, $2.2 trillion. And uh, Mr. Mnuchin, he made a $1.6 trillion counteroffer. So that was an increase from the $1.5 trillion the administration had previously signaled it would support. And uh, a new offer from Mr. Mnuchin included an extra $250 billion in funding for state and local governments, which was a key uh, disagreement in the talks. Uh, originally, the Republicans had only offered $150 billion. They bumped it up to 250 billion, but the House uh, in their bill a $2.2 trillion bill as $440 billion for localities and municipalities. So uh, they're getting closer. We're talking about $2.2 trillion for the House of Representatives and $1.6 uh, for the Senate. Uh, uh, whether when we'll get there, I think we'll get there. It's just a matter of uh, when. So uh, 
again, there's a lot of, uh, there are, is concerns about the uh, stimulus because it will help right now, but it is borrowed money and it will have to be paid back uh, at a future time. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over the uh, toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's one eight eight eight. Two eight one eleven ten. Give us a call and talk about uh, uh, what you're seeing out there and what your financial uh, plans are and what your financial difficulties are, and we'll see if we can solve those with the help of our uh, radio audience. So, this is Jim McAlee. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host again this, this morning, Jim McAleese. And you can give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things we're seeing is that the economy is coming back. People are uh, spending money. Uh, you know, when this whole thing started, if you told me that... Uh, People were out buying cars and, and buying uh, homes and things of this nature with uh, uh, 12 or 13 million uh, people unemployed. Uh, I'd, I'd be shocked, but it's happening. So uh, basically what we're seeing is uh, apparently a, a large segment of the economy is not worried about this, uh, uh, this uh, shutdown and... Uh, uh, what they're looking at is their money from that they're not spending on vacations, the money that they're not spending on on uh, uh, restaurants and uh, theaters and stuff like that, and they're uh, looking at home repairs, home improvements, buying cars, buying new houses, looking for bargains, uh, stuff like this. Let's talk about uh, uh, in the big picture where the money is coming from. In other words. Uh, the economy is still recovering, but it's getting tougher, and we were basically losing momentum. According to the Department of Commerce's personal income and outlays uh, for August report, Americans' income in August fell 2.7%, the most in three months after the government's uh, supplemental all, uh, in unemployment benefits expired. That was at $600 in uh, extra per week in unemployment benefits. It's extra in the sense that uh, they were getting the $600 in addition to the usual uh, state unemployment benefits. So uh, uh, that threatens to temper uh, consumer spending uh, that increased during the month. So what we're seeing is a 2.7 decrease in personal income followed an upwardly revised half a percent gain a month before. So the last month, what we saw was, uh, they are not the last month in July, we saw the uh, uh, increase of uh, half of 1%. And that included, uh, part of that uh, was the uh, uh, the uh, additional unemployment benefits and the other 
uh, benefits from the CARES program. But this, um, uh, for August, what we saw was a 2.7% decrease in income, but despite the income cut, consumers' spending on goods and services increased 1% in August. And uh, and that's after consumer spending had increased 1.5% in July. So uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the, article, the decline in income highlights the impact of the expiration of the extra $600 uh, in weekly uh, jobless benefits at the end of July, which had temporarily propped up uh, household finances and helped spur consumption. While President uh, Trump in early August announced an additional $300 a week in federal jobless benefits, many states didn't get their uh, funds out until early September, and the benefits only will last for uh, six weeks, meaning that further declines in income uh, will continue. So uh, spending up till now has been supported by the the strong job growth after the uh, shutdown ended and uh, the federal assistance to the households. The path ahead for the economy is a little uncertain. First, it isn't known how many employers can expand or cut back on layoffs in the absence of the uh, coronavirus vaccine. And second, the effect of federal aid to households are fading. And many households got up to uh, $1,200 in one-time payments under the CARES Act, along with enhanced uh, weekly unemployment benefits that shrank in August and are set to and uh, has expired. So, uh, you know, what you're seeing here is uh, uh, consumer spending is the key driver in the world's largest economy, providing two-thirds of the economic demand, and stronger consumer spending helped uh, propel the economy in the third quarter that ended on uh, Wednesday, uh, September 30th. Economists estimate that the U.S. gross domestic product the broadest measure of goods and services grew at an annual rate of 30% more in July than September, which is a huge step. Uh, 30 Well, it's, that's an annual one. It's probably more realistically from quarter to quarter. It's probably more like 9% growth uh, from quarter to quarter. But that still recovers, uh, that still will restore a large chunk of the output it was lost in the spring when the coronavirus outbreak uh, shut down the nation. Output fell at a 31% pace in the second quarter after a 5% drop in the first quarter. So uh, the commerce, uh, the commerce, that's what the Commerce Department said this week, and that's the sharpest quarterly contraction since the uh, Second World War. Uh, the economy is still digging out of a big hole, and... Uh, Few economists expect the third quarter robust growth to continue. So uh, we went down a big hill in uh, uh, in the second quarter. We started to come out, uh, come up in the second quarter and the third quarter, but we're still not back to where we were in uh, February. Uh, and uh, the estimates are that we'll only increase about two and a half percent in the uh, fourth quarter. So, uh, U.S. consumers are also feeling uh, uh, 
confident. Their 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 confidence is picked up in September uh, to help determine the uh, consumer consumers' economic outlook uh, in terms of whether they're going to be buying or selling or 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 more like buying or uh, sheltering in place. We look at the University of Michigan's consumer sentiment report. And according to that, U.S. consumer sentiment continued to improve in late September on a pickup in an optimism for the corporate rebound, although the gauge uh, still remains below pandemic levels. The University of Michigan's final uh, consumer sentiment index for September rose to 80.4. That was firmer than the preliminary reading of 78.9 and followed uh, 74.1 in August. So. Uh, the confidence is coming up, and the increase in consumer sentiment reflects more Americans embracing a positive economic outlook and the potential for faster growth. Uh, the gauge still remains below pre-pandemic levels, which could point to concerns about the path of the recovery. Richard Curtin, who is the director of the uh, survey, quote, uh, he, he said, Quote, uh, while consumers have anticipated gains in the national economy ever since the April shutdown, the September survey recorded a significant increase in the proportion that expected a reestablishment of good times financially in this economy. Uh, still, the improvements are largely driven by optimism among upper-income households, he said. So, basically, uh, and... Uh, looking at in depth at the report, the sentiment among the both Democrats and political independents rose more in September than for the Republicans. Although optimism and the Republicans uh, uh, remained even higher than the, the Democrats and the independents. So, uh, what you're seeing is that the economy is uh, moving forward. Uh, spending is up. Uh, although uh, it it might take a hit, uh, the, uh, the jobs uh, the uh, the jobs are there in terms of uh, more people going back to work. It's just not as fast as it was before, uh, but uh, that's probably something to be expected. Uh, they're looking for a stimulus uh, to boost the. Uh, uh, the job off the jobs even faster. So, uh, all in all, uh, you know, we're, we're moving forward at, at a, uh, a good pace, but we're slowing down. We're losing the momentum. We're still moving forward. We're not moving as forward as fast as we did before. Uh, let's talk about manufacturing. And, uh, the, uh, let's talk about manufacturing when we come back. The, uh, uh, for now, uh, you know, let's talk about, uh, you know, your uh, financial plans and your uh, dreams and goals. In, in doing that, uh, we've got to start talking about uh, getting organized and uh, how, do you, how comfortable do you feel with your financial situation? For instance, in this... Uh, uh, this coronavirus uh, shutdown, it was uh, strictly a matter of uh, putting tremendous emphasis on your emergency fund. As we talked about this before, about uh, six months' worth of uh, income uh, 
uh, in the bank, you know, in some place where you could get at it without any uh, issues, without worrying about whether stocks were up or down. And uh, by six months worth of uh, expenses, I mean, hey, whatever it takes to run your household for six months, that should be the foundation of your financial plan. And then uh, how, how comfortable do you feel with the rest of your uh, situation? Uh, you have goals. The family has goals. You have goals for the uh, uh, your children. You have goals for uh, the uh, uh, maybe a new house or, or their standard of living, and you have goals for your retirement. And how has all of that been put together, and how has all that planning been protected with uh, wills and uh, powers of attorney in case you you something happens to you, or health powers of attorney, or all of these are important. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Low. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 Now let's go to the phone. Hello. Hello, John. Good morning. I thought Good morning. You How are Gibraltar, you? I thought I had a little catalyst. How was that? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. I haven't called for quite a while, but today is the day I had to call because... You've always been there all these years. All the data is available more than any time in the history of this country and capitalism. Psychology is still working Thank there. you. Thank you. I, only metaphorically, just because the Buckingham Palace got changed doesn't mean the Queen has changed or the kingdom hasn't changed historically. Mm-hmm. So the same way, America is so strong, I don't, and with all the corona, Mnuchin and the Congress with its own lethargy, they have come through much better than the financial crisis, the last one. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah. But I think with all the bottlenecks and bumbling and partisan things, when I watched these plans in 1980, for all the things I can think of, we can always throw stones at the glass house. We have come through as much as we can. We are doing the best. All that we are to do is walk straight six feet apart with the muscle 
No, mask. Mask is not muzzling the First Amendment. I would rather walk six feet vertical than six feet under horizontal. <laughs> no, no. See, when I walk, this thing is tragedy. It's a self-inflicted wound to the financial crisis last time. This time, you can blame anybody you want. But the main thing is, if we can come to the Manhattan Project and recreate Europe through Marshall Plan, mm-hmm. I'm 86 pretty soon. Well, I, I, I watch capitalism through Wall Street mostly because I had a today's standard. He was a multi-billionaire. He went to school with Papa Bush. He mm-hmm. uh, I hired me out of graduate school in 1963. Got me a green card, and he and I created a lot of jobs in this country until playing golf. Yeah, so right. I can say that not because I'm a know-it-all. I feel why in the world when the cruise ship is a bigger one than a canoe. We can survive this thing if we are together in it. It's just the fact that we are so picky about things. It's not the, there's more PhDs than analytics. I need more computers to look at the apps. Yeah, I but, want the common sense, the logic, the ultimate logic. And yeah. the, what, what I it's sad because I'm very upset when I see these, all these pundits on every channel I can think of. Well, the sky is not falling. Year 2000. Year 2000, one with a computer. Yeah. I worked with the IBM 360 in 1969. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, not a that, computer yeah, yeah. But I feel very upset because people are throwing up in the arms. And it's sad that I had to talk like this is my own story because it's not my life. Well, they, it's they sad that this is the greatest people. country on earth. Capitalism uh, is the one thing that we should teach civics in high school. Yeah. We don't do that. Well, Sorry. <laughs> you, you, you've this. been you've been very eloquent, John. Let me let me get a point in. Uh, the point is that uh, hey, we're free people, and uh, we don't want to restrict uh, uh, the citizens a great deal, but we do want to we want to inform them about uh, safety, and that's that's part of this COVID thing. Uh, in other words, we can't clamp down the whole society like China did, where where they uh, usurp the power of the states and the cities and the and the mayors and all the rest of the stuff, and they just uh, clamp an entire uh, county down in China. Uh, ours is a more representative government that says, uh, "Well, I remember when uh, when the president said he was going to do something for the United States, you know, the clamp to shut down the whole United States." And the, the governors were all in arms about that. You can't shut down my state. Uh, so there, there's a lot of, of distribution of authority in the United States, and we are free, and we do act free a lot of times. So, but we do. One thing we we survived a lot of things, you know. And, and you know, you, you mentioned you came out of school in '63. Uh, I mean, not high school, graduate school. We, we all know that this, what we see is uh, a country where the power is divided, and that's the way it was set up by the original founders. And, One thing uh, for sure, small business will never be the same anymore, not only because of e-commerce, because of the corona thing. And there'll be two types of workers, worker from home or in, you know freelancers. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you call them. Body can change, mind can change. Only thing is, never, never give up. Right. Always. I'm on my village in India with no high school even today. I left at mm-hmm. age 11. 
Right. And I came with a 23 here. They put me mm-hmm. as a freshman instead of graduate school by mistake. I'm still here. May 24, <laughs> 1960, I was in the street with no place to live. Yeah, well, hey, you, you know that this is the greatest country on the face of the earth. So, uh, That's and, I'm very emotional today. And then personally, I listened to all the pundits on, on the radio and their doom and gloom, but you realize that emotion, uh, uh, negative emotion really sells. In other words, nobody goes to the reporter doesn't go to the airport to watch the airplanes uh, land. He goes to the airport if there's a big crash and people are killed. So uh, the only thing you really hear, the only thing you're bombarded with is negative stuff. And and what you got to do is take a look at the kids, take a look at the grandkids, take a look at uh, outside and what people are doing. And Keep up the good work. People are enjoying themselves. People are, are going about their business and they're doing their, their, you know, wearing their masks. And hey, when I go to the store, I'll see uh, uh, kids that are, you know, 25 years old uh, wearing their mask and they're going to the same store I am going. And uh, they'll give me a wide berth, you know, in terms of saying, okay, I'm not going to, you know, uh, make you feel uncomfortable by getting too close to you. So, okay, uh, to me, people are, are considered when you get out of this, uh, uh, call it this uh, internet uh, news uh, cycle where you're bombarded with uh, uh, disasters every minute of the day. You just shut them off and go enjoy people. So, it's good talking to you, John. Keep up the good work and All do right. some volunteer work. Other people I've been doing for 43 years of volunteer work. I left the corporate world. <laughs> That's what keeps me you, going. Thank you. you. Okay. Be safe, John. You take care Thanks. now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, hello, hello. This is Jim McAleese. Can I help you? Hi, Jim. It's Colleen. Hi, Colleen. Yes, Colleen. (laughs) We had a question from Barb, who was a little shy this morning, um, but she's got a great question. She has a HSA, Health Savings Account, Mm -hmm. and it's a non-employer account, and she wants to know how much can she contribute and how much of a catch-up amount can she contribute? Okay. Uh, The... the, uh HSA, or, or just bring the, everybody else up to speed, the health savings accounts, uh, they're basically for high-deductible health plans. And a uh, high-deductible health plan, the idea of it is that uh, you have a real high deductible, uh, like $1,400 for single coverage and $2,800 for a uh, uh, a uh, uh, family, but they, those numbers can go up to out of out of uh, pocket expenses could go up to as high as sixty nine hundred dollars, close to seven thousand for a person, or uh, eight uh, close to fourteen thousand dollars for a family. So what they do is give them a health savings account, allow them to, then don't give them to them. They allow the people to set up a health savings account where the people can. Uh, with those type of insurance uh, contracts, can put money into. And for uh, uh, if you're uh, uh, single uh, and if you're over 55, uh, you can put uh, uh, $4,550 uh, a year in. And if you're a family uh, over 55, you can put uh, $8,100 in. 
Now, if you're younger than 55, then you you knock those numbers down by a thousand. So uh, the contribution for uh, 2020 is $3,550, and if you're older than 55, it's 4550 and if you're uh, if it's for a family plan and you're less than 55, it's $77,100, and if you're a, a family with older than 55, it is $8,100. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a plan where you basically put money in tax-free and it sits there and you're, as long as you use it for health uh, care benefits and you, there's a whole list of things that you can use it for. And uh, it's a matter of allowing you to have a, a cheaper monthly premium for your insurance, but a high deductible. And if you run into that high deductible, you're supposed to uh, draw the money out of your own health savings plan. So thank you very much for the call. I, I just happened to have this sheet, <laughs> my my tax reference guide available to me, so you called at the right time. Okay. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru In Lama Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, it's a beautiful day out there. Uh, I hope the president is doing fine today, and and uh, uh, there is a, a lot of uh, commotion with regard to, uh, not with to, particularly with regard to the president, but with regard to all the uh, the contact contact tracing. You know where they have to find out all the people who. Uh, uh, met with the president and uh, that uh, could possibly uh, have the uh, coronavirus now. So uh, there's a lot of that activity going on. And again, just as John said, we'll be we'll be bombarded with all the uh, the, the negative uh, implications of that. But let's talk about uh, something that we can use in terms of our investments and, and thinking about. Uh, uh, where the country is going and the economy is going and uh, and basically where the uh, stock market is going. So uh, if you take a look and say, uh, what did the stock market do this week? Uh, just we use the uh, standard and poor 500, which is the market uh, capital weighted uh, average of the 500 leading companies and leading industries in the United States. The... Uh, Standard and Poor 500 closed up one and a half percent for the week at three thousand three hundred and forty-eight point four four. So it did take a dip on uh, Friday, uh, strictly because of news with regard to the president. But uh, 
know, the the uh, uh, the people are uh, uh, feeling that. Well, I, I personally feel that he's strong, and uh, uh, he, <laughs> he might be a little overweight, but I, I think he's in good shape. So let's talk about something that uh, the uh, uh, the economy. Uh, the U.S. manufacturing continued to expand in September, but again at a slightly slower pace than in August. As the economy continues to open more broadly, manufacturing has recovered rapidly, but uh, as the initial pent-up demand has tempered, uh, so has the pace of growth for the nation's uh, provisions. Uh, they, according to the Institute of Supply Management for September, uh, the Institute of Supply Management essentially is an is a organization that has contacts throughout the uh, U.S. Uh, industries, both manufacturing and service industries, and they pulse uh, managers in all these industries. And the, the, the survey that they ask uh, these managers to complete every every month is, how did this month compare to last month? Was it better? Was it worse? Uh, and then they rank that. They use their proprietary uh, software to come up with a index number. And if the index number is 50, that's, that's neutral. We're not going up or down. If it's greater than 50, that indicates that uh, manufacturing is expanding. And if it's less than 50, that means that we're contract, uh, uh, getting smaller, contracting. So... Uh, according to the Institute of Supply Management for September, the gauge of factory activity decreased to 55.4 from 56 a month uh, that was a month earlier, and that was the strongest since 2018. So the difference between 55.4 and 56 is, in my mind, you know, this is a qualitative. Uh, analysis uh, where they're taking opinions and uh, grinding them down into an index number. And uh, the difference of six cents of one percent in my mind is meaningless. Um, but readings above 50 uh, indicate manufacturing is expanding and less than 50 indicate contraction. And uh, uh, what you saw was, uh, you know, we're basically expanding, continuing to expand at about the same pace that we were last month in August. So 14 of the 18, I'm continuing on, this is a for a Wall Street Journal article, uh, continuing on, the 14 of the 18 manufacturing industries tracked by the Institute of Supply Management reported growth in September, led by paper products, wood products, food, furniture, four industries, including uh, apparel, uh, apparel and petroleum contracted. Uh, the, the petroleum industry in particular, uh, petroleum prices are down. I think the West Texas Intermediate is $37 a barrel. It used to be $40 a barrel. At the start of the year, it was $60 a barrel. So um, you're not uh, you're not seeing a great deal of activity in, um, in petroleum because it's... Uh, um, you know, the owners are looking at it, and it's, uh, it's as safe in the ground as it is above the ground, so leave it in the ground until it gets up to 60 or $70 a barrel. Uh, Timothy Flory, who is the chairman of the uh, Institute of Supply Management's uh, Business Survey Committee, said that 
manufacturing, quote, manufacturing performed well in the month with demand, consumption, and inputs registering growth indicative of a normal expansion cycle. He continues, while certain industry sectors are experiencing difficulty, that will continue in the near term, and the manufacturing community as a whole has learned how to conduct business effectively and to deal with the variables imposed by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, uh, just as our caller uh, John indicated, there's uh, uh, this COVID has introduced an enormous amount of uncertainty in running businesses in terms of uh, where uh, where you where you should put the uh, corporate monies. Uh, are we expanding? Uh, should we uh, uh, seek out bargains and, and merge with other uh, companies and expand? Or should we divest uh, certain things? And so everywhere you look, uh, there's uh, uh, plans being formulated in the uh, uh, C-suites that uh, talk about uh, what's going to happen to these particular businesses. Now, of course, as John indicated, in the in the, in the uh, small businesses, um, the small businesses uh, uh, have one big advantage in general, depending upon their size, in that it, they can uh, they can collapse by not I don't mean a total collapse, but they can shrink. Uh, uh, if the market is not there, in other words, if your if your uh, uh, market collapses, then the market if you're only getting sixty percent, then uh, you do without, and uh, you keep the business alive. So uh, larger businesses don't have that particular uh, capability. So if if the business goes down, then uh, if the, if the uh, requirements aren't there and the customers aren't there, why it's the uh, bankruptcy court. So uh, what you're seeing in uh, manufacturing is uh, manufacturing is uh, is uh, rolling along at a, a good pace. Uh, those those manufacturers that are involved with uh, uh, building uh, ships and stuff like that for cruises, they're in a little bit of trouble and they will be in trouble. Until the uh, coronavirus, until the the vaccine comes, uh, so so uh, and then the same the same position was presented by the another group called the Market Corporation IHS Market Corporation, and they also do a survey, and according to their survey, uh, September uh, purchasing managers index for the. IHS uh, market indicated the sharpest improvement in operating conditions across the United States manufacturing sector since early 2019. Overall, growth was supported by faster expansion in production and solid rise in new orders. So a lot of good news there So in manufacturing, but we're still about 7 or maybe 7 to 10% shy of where we were in uh, in February, and that's basically what we want to get back to. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Have you noticed that the news presentations on the internet, they seem to be designed to provoke our emotions? You know, to basically to, to, to provoke our tempers. And uh, we're old enough to know how to control our tempers. But there was once a little boy who had a very bad temper. His father decided to hand him a bag of nails and told him every time he lost his temper, he had to hammer a nail into the fence. On the first day, the boy hammered 37 nails into that fence. Boy, this was a mean little kid. The boy gradually began to control his temper over the next few weeks, and the number of nails he was hammering into the fence slowly decreased. He discovered that it was easier to control his temper temper than to hammer these nails into a fence. Finally, the day came when the boy did not lose his temper at all. He told his father the news, and the father suggested that the boy could now pull out a nail every day he kept his temper under control. The days passed, and the young boy was finally able to tell his father that all the nails were gone. The father took his son back to the fence and said, You have done well, my son, but look at the holes in the fence. The fence will never be the same. When you say things in anger, they leave a scar just like these. You can put a knife in a man and draw it out. It doesn't matter how many times you say it. I'm sorry, the wound is still there. The moral of the story, control your anger, and don't say things to people in the heat of the moment that you will later regret. Some things in life you're unable to take back. Don't control your anger and think before you speak. And until we meet again for more of Get Rich Flow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. 2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.